this story, as we work through God's word, we're coming to the story of Solomon. And Solomon is the king who had it all. Now, there was both a wise Solomon and a foolish Solomon. Uh, the first 20 years, the first 20 years of his reign, King Solomon was the wisest man on the planet. And he had asked God for, of all the gifts that God could give him, the thing he asked for was, uh, he asked for wisdom from God on how to, to lead, how to be a, a successful leader, how to be a king, and to serve people well. The second half of Solomon's life was another story. Somewhere along the line, he lost his focus and his grip on God. And so this man, who was the wisest man for the first 20 years of his reign, really became one of the most foolish of men during the second half of his reign. Now, fortunately, we have the book of Ecclesiastes, a book that Solomon wrote toward the end of his life about all of his foolish years. So Solomon, at the end of his life, he he turned around and he came back to God. And that's a wonderful lesson for us all, that no matter the mess we make of our life, no matter how far we might turn away from God or be away from God, God is always there. If we will turn back to him, he's there to receive us and draw us back to himself. But what we want to look at this morning, we want to look at those first 20 years of the wise Solomon. Because during those two years, 2 Chronicles chapter 8, verse 1, tells us that he focused on two things. This is what it says. It was now 20 years since Solomon had become king. And the great building projects of the Lord's temple and his own royal palace were completed. So during those first 20 years, Solomon, in his wisdom, he had two focuses above everything else. Number one was building God's house, and the second one was building his own house. In other words, building for God and then building his family. Those were his two focuses during his years of wisdom. And you know what? I would say that's a lot of wisdom. That's a wise focus in life. And since this is Father's Day, I think Solomon has some very important things to teach all of us fathers this morning, and this certainly extends to moms, to parents today. Um, So that's our focus this morning. Now, the very first thing that Solomon teaches fathers is this, and that is put God first. Put God first even before your family. Now, it might seem strange to hear a pastor say that there's anything else in this world that should come first before your family. Families are really important, right? We're going to say that. But the Word of God teaches us that there is one thing that should come first in a father's heart, a mother's heart, before their family, and that is God. If a father puts his family first and puts God second or even lower on that priority list, he's cheating his kids of the most important thing that he could ever possibly give them. And that is a God-centered heart and the example of a father who lives with a God-centered heart. It's the old Norman Rockwell picture. You've seen that picture? Uh, This picture sends, man, it just shouts out a loud message, doesn't it, when you look at it? What's wrong with this family picture? Well, It's the dad's position. (laughs) 
I, wouldn't you say that the dad ought to be out in front leading the family to church? And then the thing that caught my attention when I first saw this picture years ago was <clears throat> notice the mom and the two girls, they're, they're just marching out straight for the door. But what's the boy doing? He's looking at his dad. And man, Norman Rockwell, he was hitting a nail on the head that day, I think. I could probably stop right here. That's a sermon. Uh, and this dad may have been a pretty good dad. <clears throat> I'll bet he worked hard. I'll bet he put bread on the table. I'll bet he played catch with his son. I'll bet he uh, went to the ball games. I'll bet he spent time with his daughters. He did all those good things that dads do. But you know what? He was dropping the ball on the very f- number one thing, the greatest gift he could possibly give to his child. It doesn't look like he was putting God first. He wasn't taking the role of being the spiritual leader in his family. And that's what God calls us fathers to be and to do. Now, here's here's the principle. Solomon's wisdom. Dads, if you make building your relationship with the Lord first, you're going to begin to have the heart and the wisdom of the greatest of all fathers toward your family. And you see, that's why it's so important for a man a father to put his family, to put, to put God first. It's because when we put the Heavenly Father first and build a relationship with Him, then all the love and all the qualities of fatherhood that exist in the Heavenly Father begin to flow over into and shape the heart and the attitudes and the ability and capacity of that father to be a loving father to his children, to his family. Now, I'm not talking here, when, I, when I'm talking about a, a, a father putting God first, I am not talking about that kind of off-balanced, religiously fanatical father who has this distorted view of God and uses that to neglect his family. Because I've seen that kind of thing over my years, where maybe a dad spends so much time at church and engaged in spiritual stuff that he totally neglects his family. Well, that's spiritual abuse. That's That's misusing God. But what I am talking about is a father who loves God so much that the fatherly love and qualities of the heavenly father pour into his heart, and that becomes his heart for his family. That's the first lesson, and it really leads to the the second lesson. When you have the heavenly father's heart, you're going to see the two pillars of fatherhood, the two pillars of parenthood. The two things that a child needs from his father and his mother more than anything else in this world. The first one is unconditional love, and the second one is coaching. Unconditional love and coaching. Now, those two things are part of the same package when it comes to parenting. Unconditional love focuses on who the child is the worth of the child. Coaching focuses on what the child does, the potential of the child. And so coaching a child without unconditional love will produce a child who believes their worth is based on what they do and not upon who they are. And unconditional love without coaching will produce a child that has little discipline, little initiative, or little ambition for life. We want to talk about both of those in a little more detail right now. 
Let's talk about unconditional love. Unconditional love sends to your child the same message that God has sent to all of us. Here's the message God has sent to you and me, to all humanity. I love you. You could never make me stop loving you. You are priceless to me. You don't earn my love. You already have my love. And God has said that to every man, woman, boy, and girl on this planet. You can't earn my love. You already have it. God the Father sent Jesus into the world to die for all of us whose behaviors and attitudes and actions totally disappointed him. But God didn't stop loving. You see, God is deeply concerned with what we do. But even more, he loves us for who we are. And that's the first thing a child needs to be assured of from dad and mom. Uh, So parents, it's great to say how proud you are when your son or your daughter gets that great report card, man, it's, you, you need to take that and post it on the refrigerator. And uh, I used to give a quarter for every A. <laughs> um, inflation probably has driven that price up, so maybe, parents, you need to you know, compensate for that. But, um, but you know what? That's important. Affirm, affirm those successes in, your, in what your child does. But I'll tell you what, even more important are those times when you tell them how proud and glad you are just because they are who they are, just because they are your son and your daughter. And tell them what you see in them. You know, remember what Mr. Rogers did as soon as he came in uh, and took off his sweater and took off his sneakers? or, or No, took off his shoes and put on his sneakers. Remember what Mr. Rogers always looked in the camera and said? He said... I'm glad you are you. Something like that, right? I'm glad you are you. Our kids need to hear that. I'm just glad that you are who you are. You know, Solomon wrote an entire book on loving and coaching your kids. So inspired of the Holy Spirit that it's part of the Word of God. It's called Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is a book on coaching. And it's addressed, the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs are specifically addressed a father in conversation with his children. And what you'll read in those first nine chapters, paragraph after paragraph, you'll read these words. He he prefaces his coaching with these words. My child, my child. And then he'll go on to do his coaching. This is what it says as an example in chapter 2, verse 1. He says, my child. He could have been saying, my son, my daughter, listen to me and treasure my instructions. Tune your ears to wisdom. Then you will gain the knowledge of God. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will know how to find the right course of action every time. Man, that's great coaching from a father, isn't it? That's great coaching. But, but he prefaced it. By acknowledging the value and the worth, he, he just used those terms, my son, my daughter. What, you know, when, you hear, when I used to hear those words from my, from my dad or mom, hey, son, hey, son, I, I, I knew they were saying something about their care for me. It just communicates that. You know, I had a big argument <clears throat> with my dad when I was around 15 years old, and it was at about 10 o'clock at night, just before he left for work. He worked the night shift in a steel plant. 
And so around 10 o'clock, we were just having this big argument, and I got pretty dramatic that night. <laughs> I ran out of the house into the dark, <clears throat> and I went out back behind the house. We lived out in the country, and I stood behind this uh, little clump of trees out there. And it was fall. It was cold out there. I didn't stop to take my coat. So <clears throat> in a few minutes, I saw my dad walk, you know, go out, get in the car, and he had the lights on. He drove slowly up the road. I knew what he was doing. He was looking for me. <laughs> and then a few minutes later, and by now he was late for work, uh, he came back down the road, you know, still searching for me. He got out of the car, <clears throat> and then uh, he started to search for me on foot. And he walked around, and pretty soon I saw him, man, he was moving my direction. <laughs> but as he was, I thought, man, I'm, oh, man, I am, uh, I, I'm in for it. I, I've had it. I, this is, it's over for me right now. He is going to be, wow, this is not going to be good. Well, anyhow, he walked over to me. And I will not forget this, and I think I may have shared this in an illustration a time or two before because it left an imprint on me. But he didn't, he didn't come at me hard or anything like that. What he did was he put his, his arm around my shoulder, and he just said something like this, Hey, son, uh, let's just go back to the house now. Now, he didn't do any coaching at that moment. He didn't do any lecturing at that moment. That came later, and I, I needed a little bit. But right at that moment, that, it was a my son moment between dad and me. It was a moment of unconditional love. And you know what? It's our unconditional love as parents that gives us the ability to go on and be a coach to our kids. Unconditional love is the first thing, the very first thing, that every child and every human being on this planet needs. You know, every generation develops certain traits. Some of them are good and some of them are bad. One mark of the what's called the builder's generation, that is the people that were born prior to the Depression and lived through that horrible Depression era and developed some wonderful, wonderful traits of uh, you know, strength, of character and endurance and all those kinds of things. But you know what? One characteristic that came out of that that may not be so healthy is that it seems that men came out of that, in that era, had, had this uh, idea that it wasn't manly to ever say those three words, especially to your sons. You could say them to your daughters, maybe a little, little easier. But for men of that generation to say to their sons, <clears throat> I love you. I love you. Man, it, it just was hard to do. And you know what? A lot of times it just didn't happen at all. Uh, <clears throat> went to a prophet, Promise Keepers conference back in oh, 15 years ago, Indianapolis. <clears throat> 70,000 men in the stadium down there. One of the speakers said, uh, <clears throat> I want all the men who, uh, who ever had their father say to them, I love you. And you can remember it. I want you to stand. Well, uh, all the men who had never heard that, well, over half the guys stood. They, they had just never heard those words from their father. Uh, now, it's true that we can show love as a father, and we need to, but you know what? Those words, those words need to be shared from the lips of dads to the ears of their children. Has to be done. 
we need to get over that idea that it's not masculine. You know, who is the, who is the author of masculinity? God the Father. Does God the Father ever communicate his love? Well, God is love. <laughs> he makes it known. Dads, we need to make that known. Find those times to affirm the worth of our kids. Now, I know that <clears throat> expressing love and coaching can really get complicated in blended families. <clears throat> because in a blended family, there's two fathers lots of times in the picture. There's the biological father and then there's the stepdad. And so there can be sort of a tension on both sides of that in a blended home sometimes. Sometimes a stepdad may fail to communicate unconditional love to his stepchildren, uh, and it seems like maybe he, he's perceived as loving his biological children more deeply, more unconditionally. And... Uh, and that can certainly lead to lots of issues and lots of difficulty. On the other hand, sometimes stepkids, because of the struggles and, and the hurt and the brokenness, they have a hard time opening up the door to even allow their, the love of their stepfather to come into their hearts. And the stepdad may really be trying to be loving. Well, I'm just saying to blended families that are here this morning, I know this is a struggle. And I, I'm just praying that uh, you'll get help. You'll... You'll take steps to deal with these things. Maybe get some counsel and work on these things because it's so very, very vital that the lines of love and coaching be opened up, whatever the condition of our family is. Some parents, some fathers, some mothers, there's a divorce. And you may feel, because of visitation rights, that you only have limited time with your child and that you, you're not able to do all this loving and coaching that, that you would, that's in your heart that you would love to do. Well, here's what I would say to you. The Lord is there for you to help you in the struggle of that situation. So I want to say don't give up your role as a parent. Hold the course. Trust God. Ask God for wisdom. Get counsel. Be a really good listener to your child. And remember this, that in a very real way, the Heavenly Father himself is dealing with a divorce situation. Uh, he's, he, the Heavenly Father is divorced from the human family. Is that true? Uh, we divorced him. <laughs> and sometimes we don't even give God visitation rights. At least <laughs> we don't want to. But you know what? Does God ever stop trying to reach out? Does God ever stop trying to do all that he can to unconditionally love us and communicate and, and coach us? No. That's the way. He's the Father. So, Dad, that may be your situation. Mom, that might be your situation. Hey, do all that you can do. And trust God to help you in the struggle of that situation. Now, let's talk about coaching for just a little bit. We don't want to draw the wrong conclusion about unconditional love. <clears throat> unconditional love is not soft. It's not permissive. It doesn't mean that parents are weak. It's certainly not talking about being a pushover parent. Uh, in Solomon's parental coaching book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is literally filled with uh, goals, instructions, guidance, a father warning his children of this behavior, that behavior, encouraging and pointing that direction. Hey, son, do this. Daughter, hey, this is the way to go. And trying to build ambition and integrity and respect in their lives for just pursuing life and developing their potential. All that's in the coaching book, the book of Proverbs. As an example, 
of the way these two things fit together. The Father in heaven loves us unconditionally, but he also has great expectations for developing our potential and our attitudes and dealing with behaviors that are negative and replacing them with those that are good. So uh, unconditional love focuses on the self-worth of your child, but coaching focuses on training their potential so that your child can grow to have confidence and ambition to really take hold of life. Now, I had a baseball coach when I was a kid. His name was Ray Armstrong. He was a great, great coach. He was the best coach I've ever had. And he combined both of these traits. Uh, He had a big, big heart for every kid on the team. Every, Every kid had access to Ray. He was just a great guy with a great heart. But he was also a demanding baseball coach. He was a stickler for learning the game, executing the plays, keeping your brain on the field, in the game. And this is the thing he was biggest about of all. Hustle. Hustle. If you played on Ray's team, when the inning was over and you, were, you, and you, you ran to the bench, you didn't stroll in, you didn't, you, you didn't walk in, you ran to the bench. When it was your time to go back out to the field, man, every player in that team, you ran back to your position. Uh, he was all about hustle and discipline and keeping things sharp and keeping your head in the game. And we all knew that if you... Uh, if you put your whole heart into the game, then you would be in the game. If you didn't, you'd be on the bench. We just knew that. Why? Because Ray was teaching us more than about just how to play the game of baseball. He was trying to help us train our hearts and minds the best we could for what lay beyond baseball, life. And you know what? That's what a parental coach is, is trying to do with their children as well. Now, I was at Starbucks uh, when I was working on this very point. It was Friday afternoon. It was about 4.30 in the afternoon. It was 93 degrees outside. And just as I was thinking about this very thing, there was a, uh, a guy came walking in uh, who was a salesman. And he had this box of um, cleaning goods or whatever they were. And he walked up to the barista manager there. And, I, and he asked, uh, can I, you know, are you interested? I'd like to have some time here to explain my products to you. Well, right away he was just, you know, politely, but firmly declined. You know, he just, they weren't interested in that. They had other resources that they were using. Now, this guy looked tired to me. And here it was, Friday, almost the end of a day, the end of a long week, and I just had the feeling, man, this guy must get rejected all the time, (laughs) wherever he goes. He left there, he was going on to his next business. But here's the thing I noted about this guy. When that barista you know, said, no, we're just not interested. His response to the barista at the end of a hard week could have been sort of curt and, uh, you know, but in the most gracious way, he just thanked this guy. He he thanked the barista for, well, thank you. uh, you uh, And then he just walked out with his box and probably went on to the next store. Now, I thought to myself, somebody, this guy received some really good coaching somewhere in his past. Someone taught him how to pursue a goal, how to stick to it, how to work hard, and how to endure even when things weren't going like you would want them to go. He had a tough job. Well, someone coached him along the way. And it might have been his dad. I don't know. But that's what 
training is all about. That's what the coaching part of parenthood is all about. And you know, coaching requires the discipline part of things too. Um, one time my son Jimmy um, said something to uh, one of the, when he was in elementary school, said something to one of the other classmates, happened to be a girl, something was just really rude and uh, pretty insulting. And so that night, uh, I got a, you know, it happened to be our next door neighbor too, um, this girl. So that night, her dad was over and knocked on the door, and I went and answered it, and he said, well, I need to talk to you about your son. Okay, now when you're, when you're a parent <laughs> and someone knocks on your door and they say those words, hey, I need to talk to you about your son, oh, you get this panic feeling. You know, what's going on here? Well, <clears throat> he went on to tell me that, uh, he told me what, what Jimmy had said to his daughter. And yeah, definitely, it was, uh, it was not a good thing. It was a rude thing. So, <clears throat> now, I unconditionally love my son Jimmy. But I didn't just breeze that thing off. No way. There was some coaching to be done here. So we sat down and had a good coaching session. And then afterward, he and I made the trip over next door, knocked on the door. And so Jimmy had this opportunity to apologize to her dad and to her as well. Now, I'm not going to tell you what he said, okay? That's that's family. That's personal stuff. But but that's... I was called upon to coach Jimmy as well as to love him unconditionally. And some those are the kinds of hard moments of coaching, but we have to face those things. Now, the heart of Solomon's coaching philosophy is really found in Proverbs 22.6. And this is what it says. These are familiar words to a good many of you. It says, train, or you could say coach, a child in the way that he or she should go And when he or she is old, they will not depart from that path, from that training. Now, what he's saying there is this, that coaching begins with knowing each child so well that you pick up on their unique temperament, their potentiality. You pick up on that early on, and then you begin to provide them the encouragement and the opportunities to grow and excel according to those unique qualities you see in your child. In other words, fanning the flame of what their interests are. Now, sometimes we used to interpret this a little bit incorrectly. We used to, we used to say that this meant train up a child in the way that he should go. In other words, train your child to, to know the Scriptures, and they will follow the way of the Scriptures all their lives. Now, that's true. That is, I mean, there's, there's truth in that. If we want our children to love the Scripture when they're older, then we as parents have to model that and encourage that and instill that in them when they're younger. Okay, that's very true. Now, I want to toss in here. That does, I'm not saying that a child cannot somewhere down the line, even if they had the best parenting in the world, they can still make their own choices. They're still an individual, and sometimes they will walk away from what they've learned. That is true. But we keep praying, and I'll tell you one thing. Though they may walk away and rebel against what they've learned, they will never be able to get what they learn out of their heart and out of their mind, and the Holy Spirit keeps speaking to them and using what you instilled there to draw them back toward him. That's sort of what the lesson is in Solomon. Um, But the point I'm making is this. It, It goes beyond 
filling, it goes beyond helping our kids understand the Word of God. What this is also saying is when you look at your child, every child that is born into this world has been given certain gifts and potentialities, certain abilities, that they're, certain things that they're just sort of created to be and do. And so early on, parents need to be looking at each of their kids individually to see, well, what are, what are, the, what are the aptitudes of, of this child in my family? What, what might they really be? What, what seems to be their interest? They're just, they're sort of innate. They're sort of born there. Well, I want to be on the side. I want to be fanning that flame. I want to be nurturing those interests, those special concerns, those special abilities in each of my kids. So, so if it's music or if it's science or if it's history or if it's arts or if it's sports, we want to be there just trying to give them opportunities to to grow and get and, and build on those things that God has given them so that when as they grow older, God is using us as a primary person to help them become and fulfill the special calling that God has given them in their lives. So parenting takes just looking at each of our kids very, very carefully. And I like it this way. I like this statement. Be your, be your child's biggest fan. Be your child's biggest fan club. Now, we're going to come to a close here this morning. One thing Solomon certainly teaches us is that there are no perfect parents. Solomon was not perfect. Even during those first 20 years when he was the wisest person in the world, he still wasn't perfect during those years. And the Lord is not expecting any father or any mother to be perfect in this room today. Uh, What he is looking for He's looking for dads with sincere hearts who will seek to be as close to him as they can and then to be help, asking him for their, his help in being a father who unconditionally loves and caringly coaches his sons and his daughters. Uh, so I'm speaking first to every dad that's here this morning. Uh, and moms, you can certainly listen in too because you're part of this very important parenting team. <clears throat> and this is the question. Above all, where do you stand with the Lord today? Is, is he, in fact, the very center, the very center of your life, so much so that your family knows it, your kids can see it? Have you received him as your Savior? That's the most basic of all the questions. And then have you taken him as your coach in this life? Are you filling your heart with his word and his truth? Those are the big questions for moms and dads. And if you, if you as a parent, need to get your relationship with him back to where it needs to be, he is here for that very reason right now. If we just open our hearts up to him and say, Lord, I need to be closer to you, and more than ever, I need your help to be a dad. I need your help to be a parent. God's here. He loves that prayer. And then I'm speaking to everybody that's in the room this morning. All of us are sons or daughters uh, with very different kinds of relationships with our fathers or our parents. Uh, There are some in this room this morning whose relationship with your dad was just a very, very wonderful thing. Well, and is a very wonderful thing. And so I would encourage you to take time, if your dad is still alive, to express that to him today. Others are here this morning who've had really disappointing and maybe even injuring relationships with your fathers. Uh, 
I just want to encourage you this morning, if that was your situation, to take time to get healed and, and to grow through that deprivation in your life, to get help, to get counsel. Some here this morning, your father has died, and maybe has died even recently. I know that there are some whose fathers passed away this past year. And this can be an extremely hard day for you. Well, I would just pray that you would allow the Lord to, in, to, to take the sorrow and turn it toward gratitude for the memories you do have of your dad today. And so just before we pray this morning, uh, I'm going to ask all the fathers if, that are in the room, if you would please stand for just a moment. All the dads, if you would please stand. We just want to take a moment to honor you, and then we're going to pray for you. Let's express our appreciation. And I know for some, this is an extra special Father's Day because this is your very first uh, Father's Day. And, uh, and so if you feel proud about that, you first-time fathers, well, hey, feel proud. <laughs> and keep feeling proud, okay? That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, I'm going to invite the rest of us to stand right now. And we're going to pray as we pray for, we're going to pray for fathers this morning, that God will just bless each one of you, continue to uh, give you his wisdom and his strength for the very, very great and important task that you have. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful this morning. We're praying uh, specifically, first of all, this morning for dads, the dads who are here. And Lord, we know that, uh, we know that we're not perfect. And we know, Lord, that this task can be just bigger than we are. It's overwhelming. But, Father, that's why we turn to you and to your wisdom. We turn to the coaching book of your word. And we turn, Lord, to you so that we can have the kind of love in our hearts uh, for our kids that you have toward all of us. It's an unconditional love, a love that just doesn't have to be earned. But it's just there. Give us that love, Lord Jesus, for our kids. And let the, help us to let them know that, Lord that they are loved just because they are who they are, and we are so proud of who they are. And Father, I pray also that you'll give us wisdom to be the coaches along the pathway, guiding our kids in, in the path of what is good and what is right and fair, so that they will grow up learning the disciplines they need to know to pursue life and to pursue the calling that you've placed in their lives. Help us as fathers, Lord, to see the, the uniqueness and the distinctiveness of each of our children so that we can sort of build around them a, a nurturing kind of parenthood that fits their interest and fits their unique, situ their, their unique calling. Give us that kind of wisdom and insight, Lord. That's our prayer to you. And Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone in this room today. All of us are sons and daughters. And I pray, Lord God, that you'll, you'll help us as sons and daughters to just lay hold of the ultimate coach, and that's you, Heavenly Father. And whatever the relationship was, if we had a great relationship with our dad, Lord, I pray that you'll just help us to be filled with gratitude for that. If it was more of a struggle sometimes, or even as a really a terrible situation, as it can be sometimes, Lord, may we draw from the Heavenly Father the strength that we need and help us with that deprivation. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful today to you for your love and your goodness. Now, Lord, in the closing moments of this service, we ask that your spirit will speak to our hearts, that you will teach us things down deep inside that we need to know. And Lord Jesus, will give you praise for all these things. 
We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.